At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than just a car. It's the two-door coupe that was there for your first drive. The hatchback that took you cross-country and back. And the minivan that tackles the weekly carpool. For the cars you couldn't live without, trust Amica Auto Insurance. Amica. Empathy is our best policy. Launching kids into the world is no joke, whether you're sending your kid to kindergarten or off to college. Some days we wonder if we're doing anything right. One thing is for sure, we all want to do it well. Hi, I'm Jamie, mom of four. And I'm Lisa, mom of three. We're here to help and encourage you in your parenting journey. Never perfect, always honest, and in the trenches with you. We're experienced, but not experts. You ready? Let's Let's launch. Lisa, we have come to season two. Season two. Season two of launch. I'm so excited. Me too. First of all, thanks for joining me again as co-host. Thank you for asking me. I'm so honored, Jamie Ivey. Thank you. Honestly. We have conversations like this without microphones, so it's only best that we put the microphone on, hit record, and let the world hear. I agree. Now, season one was amazing. Yeah, I loved it. So grateful for it. So grateful for our experts who came in, and we have a great season ahead. And so let's start out. Season two, episode one. Here we go. Here we go. This one, we started just, we wanted to start out with something that we think there's not one parent or grandparent or aunt or teacher or anyone who is helping launch kids into the world yeah. that does not know that this is true. And that is this, that we are all parenting different kids mm. inside of your own home. Amen. Uh, preach. Right? <laughs> yeah. So I come at this from a little different conversation and, and I'm going to hear from you as well. But out of my four kids, three joined our family through adoption. Right. So out of the start, I've got four different DNAs in my house. Mm-hmm. You know, there's we're not going to have the conversation about nature versus nurture, all the things. <laughs> These kids, none of them share the same DNA. And so obviously my kids are different. But I know that you're going to say all your kids share the same DNA and they're so different. And I think what's been really interesting for me as a parent, knowing that my kids are all teenagers now, is how much time I have to give to really parenting each of them individually. Mm. So I want to think about when they were little. When they were little, I felt like we had so many more one-size-fits-all moments. Yeah. Okay? We're all going to do this. It's what we're all doing. Right. You all get a bike at 8. You know, (laughs) you all get to watch this movie at 10 or whatever it might be. And as my kids have gotten older, one thing that Aaron, my husband, I have really thought about a lot is – you don't all get the same thing at the same time because you all have different maturity levels. Right. You have different personalities. You have all different kinds of things going on. Even if you're the same age, you've got different life stage that you're in. Yeah. And so parenting kids and their different personalities, I'm going to go on a limb and I want to hear what you have to say. I think it's been one of the most, not hard or difficult, but where I have to be the most intentional mm. with my parenting. Yeah, that's a good word. Because I can't do... For my 15-year-old right now, what I did for my 15-year-old that was 15 before her, if that makes sense, you know? Yes. And that's been, I think I've had to work harder. And and have your kids noticed? See, that's oh, the thing. 100%. Well, you did for them. <laughs> yes. And so I want the same, right? Because yes. I think that's the tricky part. And this is what I tell my kids all the time. This is, you know, when it comes out the most is when I'm disciplining a kid. Yep. And then they'll say, well, what about this person? Yeah. And I say the same thing every time to them. I say, here's the deal. 
I'm not telling them about your mess and I'm not telling you about their mess. Mm. So I'm talking to them about their stuff. You just don't know about it. Yeah. And then I say, do you want me to tell everybody in the family about your mess? Because <laughs> we can have a family meeting. Right. Because I really do. And Aaron and I both like like discipline individually. It's not a family thing. We do it individually just because that's how we've always done it. Mm-hmm. But I know the, I'll tell you a funny story. OK. So four kids. Uh oldest three are boys youngest is a daughter and as of the time of this recording she's 15 okay yeah so all of our kids when they start driving we get them clunkers yeah i mean of course that's we smart. hope you make it to school yeah <laughs> you know what i mean yeah so it's a pain for us sometimes but just you don't get a nice car and right. then we tell our kids when you turn 18 you go off to college we'll provide you with a safe and reliable car you can do whatever's next yeah well my three boys have gotten clunkers and let me tell you <laughs> We already got Story her first car. She's only 15, and it's the nicest first car we've ever gotten. Yep, yep. And we came home with that car, and my son Deacon was like, I should have known. I should have <laughs> known the last kid, the only girl, was yep. going to get a nice car for her first car. And so yeah. It was kind of funny, but yeah, that's what happened. That's very on brand. I was thinking about the fact that both of my boys drove the same first clunker. <laughs> I actually think maybe all three of our kids drove the same first clunker, but it was a a blazer. And so my daughter is small. You should have seen her driving that thing. She could barely see over the steering wheel. She didn't drive that thing for long. I can tell you that right now. Yeah, I think this is such an important conversation, Jamie. And it it is true. I mean, my kids are all, um, you know, kids biologically. So obviously there's there's that thread. But vastly different i mean i have two boys and a girl the boys could not be more different they look their their hair is different they like different foods their bodies are different i I mean i was trying to think back when did i realize that they were very different i I mean sleep schedule baby sleep Mm -hmm. schedule they have been different since day one even my second born was nine days late my first born was what i don't know seven days early it's very on brand for both of them. Right. It's it's wild. That it's is just, crazy. DNA is wild, man. You it know. Is. So they've all been different. I think what I've come to realize in parenting these three vastly different human beings, and you're right, it's not a one size fits all. They get they get older, and you realize, oh, I can't do this exactly the same with each one. Sometimes there's frustration in that. And sometimes, I mean, for us, even as parents, right? Because you think, wow, what I tried there, that that isn't working, right? right? In the Uh same way. So it's, it's, (laughs) it is the intentionality. You you can't be lazy as parents. And sometimes I just want to be lazy if I'm being honest. Yes, this goes to all of you. Right? I'm tired. Uh, But here's what I've realized. And I think this is a distinction that, that I have had to, come to realize uh, and made a difference is the values and the morals of our family fabric haven't changed right right? but the personality customization Mm. has had to be different for each one because i realized very early on we realized very very early on my husband and i that it was me different and i remember this this is one thing i did when they were little intuitively i thought each of these three kids is going to have a different issue. Mm. Like they're going to have a different right. obstacle. Yep. So for each one, I thought, what's their obstacle going to be? And how can I help them 
through that obstacle. Good, so for each one, Jamie, I was like, okay, this kid, he's going to struggle with this. Mm-hmm. So we're going to have to work with this thing. Yeah. I promise you the second kid, that was not his struggle right. at all. He had a different struggle. Yeah. So, and I, and it, and now that I have a 25 and 22 year old boys, okay, in, in particular, and my daughter's 20, what I thought at three years old was going to be their struggle. Is it? Yeah. Uh-huh. It was. Yeah. Because we have that intuition yep. as parents to mm-hmm. know that. And I'm, I'm telling you, so their whole life was this process of me going, that's going to be their struggle. And I thought, did I get it perfect? No, right. absolutely not. And I've struggled right along with them, yeah, by the way. Exactly. But that was really important to realize, oh, even even at an early age, they're going to have different yeah. struggles. So how can I help them with that? But when I think of like, what is the, the moral, what is the standard for the family? Just take for instance homework right like homework was you're gonna have to get your homework done like you can't blow off homework right. yeah right but for each kid the way that we dealt with them with homework was different oh so different yeah my daughter I never even had to tell her to do homework yeah. to this day I don't know did she do her homework <laughs> I, I assume so because she did really well in school yeah. the boys nightmare yeah I mean I, especially one of the boys who will <laughs> remain unnamed right right had to stay on that kid the day he graduated from high school is one of the best days of my life. I'm like, thank the Lord. I don't have to deal with him with homework again. Right. right? Yes. So it's like, here's the standard, but customization with mm. each of them, even with homework. It's so good. So different. It's so good. Yeah. And I think one thing, speaking of customization, that I'm trying to think through, even right now as I'm parenting uh, my kids, is I want to be better at what I'm about to tell you, okay? okay. So I'm trying really hard at this. And right. in fact, I just saw someone the other day, I think it was my friend Jamie Finn, like write out some of the things she asked her kids so one thing I started doing with my daughter because she's our youngest is we go to breakfast every Friday morning that I'm in town Mm. okay it's just me how can I pour into you we're both busy all the things well what I want to get better at Lisa is asking them intentional questions Mm. because I think we talk about intentionality asking them questions that allow them to give us feedback which sometimes feels scary as a parent yeah because I do want you to be honest with me and they'll probably but tell yet you. But I don't, yeah. but I do. And so some of the questions that I want to ask them are, how are you feeling love for me right now? Mm. Like, what's making you know that I love you? Uh, how do you feel supported from me right now? What do you need more of from me? And I have done that a couple of times with my daughter's story, but I want to be more intentional about it with my boys uh, because I think we're going to see what they need differently from us. Mm. Just like you said, your kids need different ways to do their homework. I think our kids feel love from us in different ways. Absolutely. If we go to like, what's the book that sold the most copies ever in the entirety of Christian books? The five love languages. The Bible. (laughs) (laughs) If we go to the Bible and then we go to the five love languages. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which the Bible of a that. different kind. <laughs> yes, I've read that book in years and years and years. But the concept is that we each kind of give and receive love in different ways, which is true, hundred um, percent. And so finding that out from my kids is really, really important. And honestly, you can tell me this because your kids are further along than mine. Mm-hmm. But I've seen this throughout our years. Is I think that changes a little bit for them as they grow up. Hundred percent. I want to tell you something that our family uses to help with healthy boundaries around technology and most importantly to stay present during family time. We love family time at our house and what I know to be true is that our time is limited. We want to reclaim our time and establish healthy tech habits for our kids and our family. 
90% of the time that we have with our kids occurs before they're 18. I'm living that life right now. And we know that our screen time is the biggest battle in most families today. I wanna tell you about RO. RO is a whole family solution that aligns our actions with our intentions. RO is a technology solution for our technology dependence that combines the power of a motivational habit-forming app with the beauty of a defined place for our smartphone. So they have an app that's going to keep track of the habits that you're taking to spend time away from your phone. And they have a really, really great box that sits on our kitchen counter where you can all place your phones in them so they can all be away from you during family times. Things like family dinners. Hey, we're all going to put our phones up. RO is an invitation to be intentional. It's a visual cue to put down your phones, to track and measure your time away while you do what's truly important. What happens is you'll put your phone away. You'll not even remember that you put it away. You'll have time with your family. And then you have an app that helps you see how much time you spent off your phone. It's a way to instill pride in your behavior, a pat on the back for a job well done, and a true invitation to the things that we all say actually truly matter. If you lean into RO, it will change your family life and culture. Check out RO at GoRO.com. That's G-O-A-R-O.com. Get one month free off of either an annual or a two-year RO membership when you use the code LAUNCH. Hey, y'all, it's Jamie. And I don't know if you know this or not, but I attended a Christian college. In fact, I graduated from Houston Baptist University. And I really loved being at an institution where faith was integrated into our learning. And now of my four kids, one is already in college, two are really close and we're looking at colleges and then one is coming up the line. But if you have a student with college on the horizon, I wanna tell you about Find Your Christian College. When you visit findyourchristiancollege.com, you can explore more than 200 Christian college options through the school search engine. You can filter the search based on things like size or location, majors, and athletics. Find Your Christian College collaborates with hundreds of Christian high schools, colleges, and universities across North America to promote Christian higher education. You can also find and register to attend one of over 125 in-person Christian college fairs across the U.S., These fairs take place every fall and spring. And if you can't travel, there's virtual Christian college fairs as well. Find out more at findyourchristiancollege.com slash launch. That's findyourchristiancollege.com slash L-A-U-N-C-H. You know, another thing I was thinking of, Jamie, when you were asking those questions, which are brilliant questions, by the way, and I love, I love the commitment that you have to just even like Friday mornings with my daughter when I'm in town and the desire for intentionality and the desire to ask questions to me that's so much of parenting Mm. it's just like can I be curious about my kids can I care enough to ask the questions I think we can get so racked with our own guilt of how we haven't done it well yes that we just stay we just really stay stuck and so for you to say like hey you know i want to do better i want to be better i really really think that is the encouragement to to us in all seasons of life uh is not to look back but to look forward and and if we do look back it's just to learn and to move forward but when you were talking about the questions one of the things that i thought about was you know, even in the answers that the kids would give, they would be very varied. And if you have boys versus girls, like, you know, I was thinking, if I sat down and asked those questions to my kids, the boys would probably give 
much shorter answers, uh-huh. right? Yeah. Um, they would be like, yeah, it's great, mom, or whatever the case may be. And especially, you know, when they're 14 uh-huh. versus when they're 22. I was telling someone the other day, like my 25-year-old, is he's a grown dude. He's married, man. I cannot and even imagine. Listen, this is the thing about it. Like he will now, we'll go to dinner with him. His wife is an ER nurse. So sometimes she's busy uh-huh. and like he'll go to dinner with us, which is the great joy of his dad, our life. We'll sit to dinner with him and he'll be like, hey, how are you guys? doing what's going on with you and i'm over here my jaw is on the floor i'm having it's such joy for me and i'm like this guy is so great and he's asking us these questions and all these things and you know flashback to (laughs) sophomore in high school when he's like you know punk mouth or whatever but you know the, the the fact of the matter is is I think even a a big part of this and parenting the different kids personalities and all that is really asking God to help us manage our own expectation and also slash disappointment that one kid who answers us in this really oh awesome gosh, way Lisa, yes right and like is like oh this is how you can help uh-huh. and love me and whatever and the other one who's just comes with crickets yeah and doesn't really give us a lot of insight yeah. or whatever that we allow them to be how they are and that we don't take that immediately as like well i've parented them terribly right right and that's on us yeah. to go it's not about that J.P. Picluda has a book out this spring, and one of the things he talks about is expectations. And he says, expectations always lead to disappointments. Uh, Yeah. Right? And so that's so true, which leads me to have this conversation about parenting kids with different personalities, which we've said it enough, all of our kids will have different personalities, you know. Um, But the thing that's hard is we're humans. Yeah. And humans are often attracted to people who they enjoy being around, who they Mm. can have good conversation with. You and I could both think of people, we wouldn't say it out loud, obviously, but we could think of people that are like, you know, I just don't enjoy being around them. And that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. You don't have to be friends with everybody. No. no let Take that pressure off if that's what you're feeling. <laughs> yeah. But when you have more than one child, yeah. there is a possibility, a high possibility that you will connect more with one than the other yes and again i've seen this change over time as well there's been seasons where aaron and i look at each other we're like i mean we joke at our house this <laughs> don't take my this could be the worst parenting <laughs> advice we joke at our house all the time about who our favorite kid is that day mm. like today this is who it is and we tell our kids this could change in any minute <laughs> um i do tell each of my kids individually you are my favorite of course um but Aaron and I alone, sometimes we're like, this is my favorite kid today. And you know what we're really saying is, I really connected with this kid today. Yes. Now, the problem with that is, out of me having four kids, there are seasons where I connect really well with one and not with the other. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to tell you, that changes. That has not been the same throughout either one of those kids' lives. Um, And so that, Lisa, to me, has been the moment where I'm like... God, I need you more right now mm. because I really want to just spend time and connect with this kid yep. because it's easy. Mm. And this kid is real hard right now. So my default is I just I can't do it. And I have succeeded and failed at that mm. throughout parenting these 19 years of my parenting. And I would say it's one of the ways that I have to put forth the most effort mm. is to connect when I don't feel the strongest connection. We're not, talk, we're not talking about love. We're not talking all those things. Like we're just being real, you know? And so have you dealt with that? Have you had to walk through that? Mm. Yes. And also, Jamie, I, as you're saying this, I'm thinking to myself, the fact that you 
brought this up and the fact that you're talking about this, the fact that we're discussing it, that right there set some people free. Honestly, because I think this is one of the parenting things we don't want to admit. Yeah. We don't want to talk about it mm-hmm. because in some way it makes us feel like we do love an, a child more. Right. Right. But this is the reality of life. There are going to be moments. Okay. W- w- just think of it. I- I'm a plain thinking person. Right. Bottom line. You're a human being. You are parenting human beings. Right. And sometimes some human beings are easier than others. This guys. Bottom line. It's, I'm, I'm sorry. I yes. think simply. Right. Yes. And so it's going to be normal that there are moments and part, honestly, age factors yep. uh-huh. into it. Sometimes, I mean, there are certain ages of life where someone will say like, my my, my child is 11. And I'm like, God bless, bless you. you. <laughs> because that's a difficult age. Independent if it's a girl or a boy at right. 11. Right. Exactly. Yeah. That's so true. Or my child's 14. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think those are like, those are two, if you're listening and you have an 11 or 14 year old, <laughs> God bless years. you. Those are hard years. And that doesn't mean like, you know, you're marked. That doesn't mean like, you know, all of a sudden you feel dread if you right. have a 13 going on 14. I'm just saying it's good to know going into those years. Hey, like buckle up like pray a lot like Mm -hmm. those are some tough years you might not love that season of life and that kid may be tougher to Mm -hmm. love in that season of life and i don't know about you jamie but for me that's been really important to know because i have needed extra grace i have needed to pray extra grace on that relationship and not feel like we'll never get over this or this i'll never feel connected to them again you are not doomed to a season and i think that's super important and you know uh, you, you of course love some love your children and you 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 love you truly do love them equally but you don't like them equally all right. the same time yeah. and to separate that's super important and so um you know it's funny too a lot of times you know if uh you know both parents are parenting and you're both in the home a lot of times uh there there's one parent that is more has more affinity to one Uh child at one season and one who doesn't. And I think that's awesome when the Lord allows that sort of balance too. Mm -hmm. Um, We need that, you know, so, uh, and if not, you know, here's a suggestion. I think if you are in a season that you are in a particularly tough season with one of your kids and you're finding it hard to connect with them, right? Um, This is when the village comes into play, I think. Mm -hmm. And maybe there's someone at your church or maybe there's a grandparent or even a close friend. And you could pull them in and say, right now, I'm having a tough time with this child. And maybe hopefully maybe you've seen a connection between the two Mm -hmm. of them. You say, hey, would you take them out to dinner? So good. Would you do that? Because that's where, hey, as a body of Christ, we come together and um, we see that in that moment we need some help. And that might help somebody who's listening as totally help and i think i'll add um also my tendency i said already is to pull back yeah and it's where i have to be intentional to go forward and i remember a counselor telling me one time when i was talking about this exact topic they're like everything in you wants to run Mm. but the best thing you could do is to run towards that Mm. person and um, and so for me, I find that, again, you and I both have teenagers and adult ki- children, so this is a little bit easier. Yeah. But I find in these seasons, it's a little things like, hey, how about Monday? You and I go out to dinner when no one's really home tonight. Yep. Dad's making easy dinner. How about you and I go out to dinner? Mm-hmm. And it's those moments because what I don't want to do with a kid I'm not connecting with is go to dinner. Right. <laughs> because I'd rather be home with Aaron or whatever. 
But Holy Spirit is always like, this is exactly what this kid needs. And it's always been fruitful. It has always mm. been fruitful. And so really try to lean in. I love the idea, bring in the village, lean into that kid. And also, I love that we also said, this is not forever. This is not forever. As a parent of a teen and also a young adult, but my teen daughter, I'm constantly looking for resources to help her grow in her faith and make it her own. At my house, Light Speaks Loudest is one of my favorites. The Light Speaks Loudest team creates quarterly subscription boxes specifically to help teen girls better love themselves, others, and God. My daughter's story is 15 and her and I both love Light Speaks Loudest because their boxes are full of authentic and trendy items like devotionals, journals, self-care items, and other accessories to encourage girls. She loves getting mail that is just specifically for her and I love what in the box that's just specifically for her. Each season has a unique theme designed around relevant, important topics like body image, friendship, rest, purpose, kindness, and so much more. Plus, they support at least one teen business in every single box. I say it all the time. It is a tough time to be a teen girl right now with everything that our teenagers are facing from mental health struggles to peer pressure to loneliness to trying to understand their identity in Christ. And I'm really grateful as a mom to have Light Speaks Loudest as a partner in the process of helping my daughter and all the girls that they work with navigate these challenges with hope. You guys, if you also want to give your teen girl in your life a gift that's both authentic and fun, visit lightspeaksloudest.com. You can learn all about their subscription options. You can become a member today. You can get 10% off your first subscription box when you use promo code JAMIE10. That's lightspeaksloudest.com. Use promo code JAMIE, J-A-M-I-E, 10. Anxiety and depression are hard enough for adults to deal with. They're really incredibly hard for our children to deal with them as well. I've said it before, us Ivies, we are very, very much big fans of counseling. If you are a parent like me and you've seen your kids have to struggle with some mental health issues, I want to introduce you to Foundations Family Therapy and their online courses. Foundations Family Therapy is a group practice of licensed therapists who have created self-paced, video-based courses for topics like parenting young, anxious children. Their team understands that sometimes therapy is not attainable in the season of life that parents are in, and it can also be hard to find a therapist. So these courses are a great resource for getting some professional guidance. Three of their most popular courses include From Surviving to Thriving, Beating the Worry Monster, and Combating New Parent Anxiety. All of their content is created from a Christian perspective and led by a licensed marriage and family therapist. You'll get video teachings, print resources, activities to practice, and next steps for thriving. Foundations Family Therapies courses include eight therapy sessions worth of information and are offered for the price of just one therapy session. Launch listeners can get 20% off any of these online courses. Visit foundationsft.com slash courses. Use the code LAUNCH for 20% off any of their online courses. Our expert for this episode is Beth McCord. And Beth McCord is the founder of Your Enneagram Coach, which she creates courses and coaching and community to help you discover your best self using the tool of the Enneagram through the lens of the gospel. She's an expert on the Enneagram and personalities, and she's been an Enneagram speaker and teacher and coach for over 17 years. She's got a lot of experience here. She's authored numerous books about the Enneagram, and we asked Beth for her insight on this conversation because she's providing the truth of the Enneagram from a biblical perspective, and she talks a lot about how to be in community with people who are different, and so we thought she'd be wonderful. Here's our friend Beth McCord. 
Hey everyone, it's Beth McCord, your Enneagram coach. And what we do at your Enneagram coach is bring the Enneagram from a gospel-centered perspective because transformation only comes from Jesus Christ. And in saying that, I love what Jamie and Lisa are talking about here. When it comes to parenting, I have two grown children myself. I started using the Enneagram back when they were one and three years old. And boy, do I wish I could have known their type back then and figured it out so I could have this easy instruction manual. That's just not how God has it planned out for us parents, right? We cannot parent one size fits all, right? Each kid is different, and he does that. He keeps it a mystery so that we are dependent on him. We must surrender and depend on his love and his guidance and his passion, not just for us, but his passion and love for our children. And with that, we get to recognize that we are in the posture of being a student ourselves, a student of our children. We need to be curious about them, not shaming them and judging them for not being just like us because they're different. They're created different. And how did God create them in the way they need to go? Well, part of that is understanding their personality style. Now, we can't know their Enneagram type, even though they already have one, until they're at least in their teens, maybe even older. But that doesn't keep us from being good students and being curious and trying the best that we can to uh, parent them in the way that fits them. For example, when it comes to homework, like they were talking in the podcast, you know, each of the nine types are going to do homework for different reasons, whether they're struggling or thriving. Each of the nine Enneagram types has a core motivation. They have a fear that they're running away from, a desire that they're trying to obtain. They have a core weakness that they keep tripping up on and a core longing that the message they wish and long to hear. So for example, if you have a type one child, whether you realize it yet or not, that type one child wants to hear that they're doing a good and right job. And so they're going to strive to be the good child, the good student, and they're going to fear being judged and condemned and being wrong. So they're going to do their homework just right in order to not be seen as a bad girl or a bad boy. But they long to hear that they're doing good. But on the other hand, you take a type seven and a type seven child, they want to know that they'll be taken care of and that they will feel satisfaction and a content heart. But that does not include homework or things that they don't want to do. And when we sit them down and tell them they have to do it, they'll feel pinned in, restricted, deprived of fun. And that just is like a big allergic reaction to them. And they just want to bounce out and go have fun. And so you might feel more pushback. Well, what we have to recognize is instead of shaming or condemning one personality over another, we need to come alongside them and be curious about what's going on in their heart. And then how can we also come alongside and support them in a unique way that fits them? Are there different ways that we can help our children to do homework that excites them, that 
lets them know that we're there for them, that speaks their language. See, each of these nine types has a language that's unique to them. And just like missionaries take, let's say, the Jesus film to different countries, and it's translated into that language and that mother tongue, same with us. We want to parent in a way that resonates with our children so they feel heard, seen, and understood. Now, again, you might be sitting there going, but Beth, if I don't know their personality type, how am I going to do this? You're absolutely right. It is hard. But being curious and being good uh, students of our children and asking for the Lord to help us can really benefit us as we go along. The other thing I would say is having a non-anxious presence. Now, that is a, a tall order, right? But here's the thing. God knows our story. God knows our children's story. He knows we're going to mess up. We're not going to parent perfectly. He is our perfect parent. And at the same time, we can do the very best to faithfully walk alongside God, trusting him each step of the way by being curious and implementing the best parenting guidance and solutions that we have in a way that we think is fitting our children. And as we get to know our children better, and especially once we know their main Enneagram type, we can really tailor our language, our affections, our insights, our guidance in a way that they understand fully and that they feel seen, heard, and understood. So the more that we understand the different personality types and how each of them function and why, the more we're able to dial that in as they get older and we become accustomed to who they really are. But here's the more important thing. The more important thing in parenting is knowing yourself, knowing your own story. Because when you know your personality type, it's going to help you to know when you are veering off course and you're actually creating circumstances that are more harmful for you and your relationships with your children and your parenting style. And when you understand these more and you surrender and depend on God for your personal change and you actually work towards that, then you will be able to move in a direction that is more effective in parenting no matter what child is in front of you. But when we are stuck in not knowing our type and our story, we're going to keep doing the same harmful patterns that we've always done. You know what that's like. You are constantly falling to the same pitfalls and struggles, and you kind of throw up your hands going, why am I here again? I know that's not the right way to handle it. Well, honestly, we really don't know why we're doing it. But when we dig into our story and we unpack it in a safe environment, maybe with a coach or a counselor or a mentor, someone can help us to understand ourselves and point us in the right direction for growth, then we will actually be able to parent with that non-anxious presence, knowing that God is working in and through us, and also that Christ has done everything for us ahead of time. And we can trust that Christ loves our kids more than us. And as we progress in our parenting, as we try to love well, as we try to guide and support our kids the best that we can, we can trust them to God. And the more we have a non-anxious presence, yet still assertive and attuned to our kids, then our kids are going to feel that and be more receptive to us. They're not going to feel that anxiety and that judgment and that harshness. They're going to feel, my parents are trying their best to understand me and to attune to me and to love me. 
I hope this has been helpful. This is not an easy thing to do. It's not an easy thing to know all nine personality types and why they think, feel, and behave in particular ways. But I will tell you from my own experience as a mom, getting to know my two kids' personality styles who are very different and loving them uniquely right where they're at is so beneficial. It has enabled me to have a closer parent-child relationship and a closer friendship as they've gotten older. I hope this has been helpful. Keep going, keep the courage, and trust the Lord. He's got you. Launch is a production of Ivy Media Podcasts. Executive producer, Jamie Ivy. Produced and edited by Angie Elkins. Editing and assistance by Lindsay Barnett and Roger Abunza. Show notes by Nikki Ogden. Art by Noel Rhodes and Maddie Byers. Original music by Matt Graham. Hosted by Lisa Whittle and myself, Jamie Ivy. Thanks for listening to Launch Season 2. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than just a house. It's your home, the place that's filled with memories. The early days of figuring it out to the later years of still figuring it out. For the place you've put down roots, trust Amica Home Insurance. Amica, empathy is our best policy.